something happens when you fast. You begin to see that the, the battle you're facing is not yours. It's a spiritual battle, and it really it transcends you into a new place and a new dimension. And so, and you realize that God's been at work, and he's already doing things behind the scenes, and he's already set you up for the fast and getting you ready for what's going to happen after the fast. There's always an after, by the way. There has to be. Because you can't survive in it and stay in it too long. And for those of you who have been fasting, you, you understand what I'm talking about. There's a lengthening of your spirit in the fast as God is depositing in there. But God also knows that there's only so much that can be deposited. And he's got to get you ready to move on. There is a moving on. And so I just want to encourage you. We're about halfway through. Finish it out. We have another 15 days. Let's finish it out. Listen, y'all, I know you're like, why do we got to do like 30? Other churches are doing like 21. I did like a day, and I felt like I fasted enough. Okay? <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just saying, just, just kind of turn your heart and turn your mind toward him just over the next couple weeks. Because it doesn't matter the length. It matters the posture. It's the posture. God could do it in a night. He can do it in a night. But it, he wants to see the posture. How consistent are you going to be with it? Because there is no condemnation. There's free. We're free in him. That's not the issue. But oftentimes, God's saying, how, how bad do you want to see something change? Because it's not just a matter of you saying a few prayers and like snapping your fingers and turning around and putting your foot up in the air and singing the right song. It's a matter of you staying in it in order if you're going to see breakthrough. They were in the waters, and the water parted. They had to get in first. A lot of people like to look at their circumstances and shoo it away. Lord, if you would just do it. But they don't like to get in it, because getting in it means that you have to stabilize yourself on a source that's not you. And most people, if they can't touch the ground and they can't feel it, then they're not doing it. But you got to be willing to get out in the deep and allow God to be your sustainer and God to speak to you. He knows how to float you. He knows how to keep you afloat. Even when you feel like going under, the Bible says, they won't overtake you. It doesn't mean you're not going to get wet. It doesn't mean you're not going to get in the fire and that you're not going to feel the effects of the fire. It said you won't be burned. So if we're not expecting to feel anything, we're missing out on the joy of the process, and it is a joy in the process to become more like him because that's how you become more like him, in the process, in it. in it. So that's what we do here, and that's what fasting is about. It's getting you out into the deep. And many are believing God for different things, and we're standing with you, but your fight is yours. And God is getting you ready and he's getting the body ready for what he's already planned. This year is different. This is a different year. You can't rely on 2023 grace. You can't. I told the worship team when I got in here today, I said there's something different about this worship team and this set today than it was last year. It's different. It's on another level right now. Because people are fighting battles on other levels. And the Holy Spirit has to strengthen us to be able to handle the level of fight that's there. It's this year. I, I feel ready for this year and built for this year. Last year's grace is done. Because you need the strength for this level. This level.
because it's about to get even hotter and heavier. You're going to hear it tonight. Those who are in the empowered movement, stick around afterward. I've got some stuff to talk to you about. So it is a word of the year. I didn't make it last week. It's just simple to make it. Got home. I was out. Couldn't move. I was laying on the couch eating Chinese. Like this. Let it go through a couple days. I'm like, this ain't getting any better. And this familiarity came in with me. I'm like, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. Every year around this time, here comes the little devil birds. And I swore it was COVID because I know what COVID was like. Y'all know the story about COVID. Wasn't sleeping. I'm like, this is COVID. And I let a couple days go by. So I finally said, I can't do it anymore. I went to Walgreens. I'm like, yo, test me. Swabbed it up. Negative for COVID, negative for flu A, negative for flu B. I'm like, yo, <laughs> something's going on. But God's been faithful. Sometimes you just got to go through it and come out on the other side of it. Doesn't matter how much medication you think you need to take. Doesn't matter if you're just getting up and doing it and God will break you through. Honestly, it wasn't until I started moving that God started breaking stuff up. I'm just trying to give you a little lesson. Rest was good, but eventually it got to a point where it's like I started, I had to start moving, you know, it was uncomfortable, and all of a sudden it was like stuff just started breaking. I'm just being honest. <laughs> just being honest. And it wasn't, and it wasn't what you think. Here's here's before we get into the message tonight, what happens is this. The Bible talks about don't be surprised about the fiery trial. What it means is this: don't be surprised when you're seized by something. Don't be surprised because that's what trials do. They seize you and they grab a hold of you and you are forced into a decision on whether or not you're going to believe God for it to break or if not to break. And you have to believe God for it to break. If not, you'll die in it. And it's not that you ask for it. It finds you. So away with the fact of us trying to avoid issues and avoid strife and avoid tension in life, trials will find you and they will force you out of hiding and test your resolve and say, okay, now believe God. They are predetermined. So while we sit in the sideline, I hope I don't get it. It's coming for you. It's already coming. So eventually in our household, we just know now it's already coming. We might as well just be ready for it and just put the gloves on and just go after it. It doesn't matter what it looks like because it's coming. Why wait? I'm not going to wait to be hit. If we're in a fight and we're looking at each other, doing one of these things, and this is what people do because no one likes to throw the first punch, eventually, boom. Because I'm tired of, of dancing. I'm tired of looking at it. Let's get it done and let's move on. This is what trials do. This is what God's attitude is asking you to do this year. Eventually, let's get over with it. And the only way you're going to get over with it is to fight it. Let's fight it. Let's fight through sickness. If we're believing God for loved ones, let's, let's start praying for salvation and get in the war room and start doing that. If we're praying for breakthrough and finances, guess what? Tithe. Okay get another job, whatever it might look like, but do something as an antidote to the problem. Don't, well, it's just the way it is. That's not what God's looking for. 
He's looking forward to seeing, are you going to exercise your faith and actually get out and do something about it? Because I'm waiting on you to do something about it. I'm waiting for it to be perfect before I actually do what God's called me to do. You're going to be waiting a long time. There are people in this church that have found breakthrough because they did it afraid. They did it crying. They did it when the enemy was lying to them about their past. They did it when they didn't want to do it. They worshiped when they felt like giving up. And they found breakthrough because they did it, not because they felt like doing it. James chapter 1, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives what? Freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The word of the year is simple. It's act. Act. Don't just wish it. Do it. So there has to be, there has to be an understanding that when you actually read the word, it's actually meant to do something. It's sharp. It's active. It's supposed to cut away the stuff that's actually lying to you. And so if we can get into a position that when we read the word, we understand that it's living and it's active, it'll actually begin to change your life. Not because you're actually just reading it. Because you can have faith, and this is the problem we have in the body. We have contrasting views. We have people who are hyper when it comes to their faith. And then we have people who are works mentality, thinking that the more works that I do, the more accepted I'm going to be. So you have contrasting views. And people, they usually end up on one side or the other. And everyone likes to pick a side. Everyone likes sides. But what God is saying is this. He's saying it's not about your faith, and it's not just about your works. Your faith and your works have to be actually working together in order for things to actually change in your life. So you could talk faith all day, but if you never actually enact faith and do it, it never becomes real and you never see transformation in your life. But you can drive yourself crazy in trying to get God to accept you, and you'll never get there because he already has accepted you because of his son. And don't realize that his grace is enough and never appropriate the grace that he died to give you on the cross into your life and walk out your victory. Walk it out. I'm waiting on God to heal me. And God said, I'm waiting on you to take steps. I'm waiting on God to bless me. And God said, I'm waiting on you to do the thing I asked you to do. And God has a long memory. God will remember something that he asked you to do five years ago. Even though you might have forgotten it and try to tuck it away, God will bring that thing right back to your memory and say, remember when I asked you to forgive your brother? But you held on to that thing and you understand and, and you're having a hard time trying to understand why there's a block between you and I because you're still holding unforgiveness in your heart. And if you release that unforgiveness, I'll release you because God honors his word above his very name. So if you do what I've asked you to do, you'll begin to see breakthrough. All it takes is for God to open up one window. There's enough in that window 
coming through that window to give you what you need. But you have to be faithful to do it. There are people in this place right now getting ready to pop off promotionally wise because God has been testing them little by little and saying, I know you didn't like that part of the job, but you did it anyway. But I saw it. Don't worry. I got you, boo. Don't worry about it. And all the stuff that you've been sowing at Sunday at 6 a.m. and late at night, God said, I've seen all that stuff you're doing past the nine to fivers. I'm not looking for nine to fivers. God said, I'm looking for people who are flexible to do what I've called them to do and to be productive. And God said, you continue to do that. I, I got you. I'm working on it. Don't worry about it. And God's getting ready to promote. He's doing it right now. And people in here, they're getting raises and promotions just because they said yes to doing the hard things and working when no one else wanted to. I want promotion, but we want to do it like everybody else. Don't ask me to do it past the certain time I've given. How can you put God into a time box when you want God to bless you with something supernatural? You can't do it that way. If God decides to bring something out of left field, can you catch it? Or do you have to see it all the time? You got to see it all the time. I can't, I got to see it. God said, doesn't work that way. I took a job at the hospital not knowing what I was getting into. But as I look, I could see little divine appointments, little favor spots that God has given me, not because it pays well, but because it was just an obedience thing. And God said, this has nothing to do with what you think you're going to get financially because I'm doing something on a larger level you can't see, and I'm setting stuff behind the scenes that you can't see right now. And favor I'm giving you in your life, all I need you to do is say yes. If I would have said, well, I can't see it, I'm not doing it. I would have missed out on the blessing of the faith walk and trusting God that God has something on a bigger level than just me seeing it. If I can see it, why do I need faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's why we read the Bible, and especially in Hebrews, that whole chapter in Hebrews, chapter 11, we read it in awe because these people were faith walkers. They didn't just talk it. They walked it. And many of them, the Bible said, they didn't even see the promise but they died believing there was something greater. If I die, it's okay because I'm actually going to a place that's greater than here. But their faith was perfected in the process. Is my faith worth enough? Is perfecting my faith worth enough that even if I die and I don't see, quote, unquote, all the things that I thought I was supposed to see, don't I get to see in the end what I really want to see? How do you know that God doesn't want to bring things back into your life? The, he already told this house he's doing it. I'm bringing things back into your life that you thought were dead. And I need you to trust me in the process that even though it's hard, I'm resurrecting all those things back. All the stuff you've been fighting. This isn't normal fighting. And people don't realize what normal fighting is because a lot of times when we talk about Jesus and we talk about the church, you don't hear a lot about warfare in the church. You hear a lot about, Lord, bless me. We love the experience. We love to feel it. But when you sing songs like, this is how I fight my battles, and you know that if it wasn't for Jesus who was standing in with you and giving you eyes to see and helping you fight and helping you stand, you would not make it. You got to understand it's totally different. It's totally different than it's coming in as a normal or a mainstream Christian in a church of 5,000 doing your duty for an hour and saying, I did the Jesus thing, and then living like you're supposed to live or not the way you're supposed to live during the week. It's different than 
Some of us who come in knowing if I don't get something, if I don't hear Jesus, I'm going to end it this week. That's just life. That's life. That's the type of battle we're in. But nobody quite can understand it like Jesus. That's why we don't just get up here and sing songs. It is intentional what we sing. Because there are things happening in the lives of the people that are sitting next to you that will blow your mind. And that we need the Lord to get in and speak truth and so they can keep standing. That's what the body is about. If you would take a picture of the body and just look at the soul of the body of Christ at large, it is emaciated. Trying to flex, but they can't flex. Not enough of God in them to flex. And so when you look into a mirror, do you like what you see? The spirit side of you is your soul alive. And listen, I'm not talking about your soul being tired. Your soul can be tired, but your spirit could be alive. You should be a little bit tired because of what you're doing. And I'd be concerned that if you weren't tired, because that means that you're not laboring like you should labor. The Bible talks about laboring to enter into God's rest. I don't just float into it. I labor to enter into God's rest. That means on a, on a spiritual level, there's warfare that takes place for me to enter into the rest of God, the victory that he wants to give me. But I don't just snap my fingers and nod my head, and I have to pray through it sometimes. I have to get over myself sometimes. There are things that I have to do to put in the work to be able to do it. And there are certain things in my life that did not change Malia until I actually started working at it. And some of y'all know part of that story and reason why I wrote the book is because I had a very weak foundation. And it wasn't until I was under a tremendous amount of stress in my life that finally my body gave out and it just broke and said, that's it. Because God was doing something deeper than just my physical body. God said, it's time to go to work on you. I've got so much more for you, but you've been running, but I need you to stop right now because I'm about to do a work in your life. And God went to work about 10 to 12 years ago, pulling stuff out and helped me learn what it meant to fight, lay down my life cry through it, struggle through it, stabilize myself, lay down some family of origin stuff, forgive people, learn to put on my own pants, eat my own food, pray for myself, knowing that no one else was coming to fix me. And God said, guess what? It's me and you. Now it's me and you time. So now you're going to have to learn to fight your battles with me. And God took everyone else aside and said, now what you're going to do, son? That's the type of dad that I have. And straight by and not knowing where money was going to come from and not knowing what's that going to do, but having to believe God. You want me to do what? Okay, yeah, I want you to start this. And God began to do a work. And all that time I'm working at it, physically building myself up and emotionally strengthening myself up, going through counseling, reading books, talking to different people. And God was building me mentally so that as I walked into things that I wasn't swayed so much anymore by man or the fear of man or about what you say or about what they did. God was doing, he started doing a work, all that stuff, all that stuff, so that when I saw myself, I began to say, you know what? I didn't like myself before, but I like myself now. Why? Because I began to see myself as Jesus saw me. Apart from everyone else's assignment for me. Because people will look at you according to the way they saw you growing up. And they will pin you to that. But God has to come in and rearrange that. 
because people get stuck on the pin. And when God goes to work, you can't stay on the pin anymore. And people don't like you when they can't control you. And so what they begin to do is they begin to start to say things about you, about, oh, you're different now. I am different because of the transformation that took place because I didn't just start reading the word. I actually started doing it. And furthermore, I allowed the word, capital W, to get inside me and rearrange some stuff because it doesn't matter if it was so much logos that my head popped off. God said it has nothing to do with that. If you don't know me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. I don't care if you can quote scripture. I can quote scripture. I can quote it. It doesn't matter. And we do this. We get in this religious thing where I can quote scripture and I know how to do the whole thing. And I can say the Hail Mary full of grace and I can rap to it. I can do the whole thing. And I can, it's a spiritual thing for a lot of people. It's like, I want it so spiritual. But you got no Jesus. But that's where the power comes in. And that's when you know God is in a work in your life where you don't care as much and you release what other people have to say about you because the process has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with Jesus. Do you like what you see? And furthermore, does Jesus like what he sees? And if he says you're good, you're good. I'm uncomfortable. It's good. The joy of the Lord is my strength, not what people say about me. That's why you can't measure yourself up against other people when it comes to your walk. Why do that? It's a waste of time. So what is God asking you to do this year? It's simple, but it's difficult. It always is. People are always like, what's, what's the formula? They always want to know the formula. I follow Jesus, and I act. I do what he's asked me to do. Not what a formula tells me to do. Not what my mom tells me to do. Not what my wife tells me to do all the time. Because oftentimes, it's not what Jesus is telling me to do. And furthermore, caveat, marriages. Your relationship with the Lord is yours. It's not all three of you together. And we mix it up. Well, what's God telling you? Well, it's what it's, what's, what's he telling you? And then allow the Lord to mediate it. I'm going to say it again. It's your relationship with the Lord. What is God asking you to do? What he told me to do this year is, Richie, I want you to act. I don't want you waiting on me to tell you to do things. I want you to step out in faith when you feel prompted. I'll take care of the rest. Because somehow there's always that little thing in the lives of a believer where it's like, some God, he might not have me. He might not. Because you're trying to step out in faith. And God's not looking for you to be perfect in stepping out in faith. He's looking for you to step out in faith. Out in faith. And God will take care of it. There are things I'm doing now that I, I was not doing five and six years ago. But I can't go back to five and six years ago because I'm too far out on the water right now. I'm not used to that. I'm too used to this. I'm too used to struggling with doubt, just to be honest. I'm too used to wondering if God's going to come through now on this level. That was easy. This is hard. There's no easy button here. This is where God wants you. Here. What's next? I'll show you. Some of y'all have left the shores a long time ago. Nothing there before you. It's gone. You lost loved ones. 
You've overcome some fear. You're trying to believe God for better. It's not found on the shore anymore. It's found in the deep. And if we can't get out in the deep and stay out in the deep, we're going to miss out. Listen, some of y'all right now are trying to get back in clothes that you've outgrown. I'm not just talking about physical clothes. You're trying to get back in old wineskins that the Lord broke. And no matter how much you try to get back into it, God said, I'm not letting you get back into that tight spot in your life anymore. You've outgrown that thought process. Stop thinking like a child. It's not about your comfort. Not about your comfort. Not about your convenience. It's about what Jesus is asking you to do. Do you like what you see? Every single day, you have an opportunity to lay down your life and do something for Jesus, something that's bigger than you. Are you doing it? And if you're so concerned about saving your life and you're so concerned about protecting your life, you're missing out on the point of the cross. It was a risk. It was a risk for him to do what he did. And now he's asking you to risk. Can you risk? Every day, I risk my life going into the hospital in front of people who are sick and dying and getting them ready to transport from surgery to surgery and having to deal with all sorts of stuff that they're dealing with in conversation with different people. That's what the hospital is. It is a care station. The goal is not to stay there. It's to get people out. But in order to get people out, you have to go. <laughs> it's a risk. But that's what serving the world is. It's a risk. God's not sending you into a place where there's no risk of you catching something. I'm not just talking about any type of disease. I'm talking about catching something, being tempted. Most of y'all in here work secular jobs. The temptation is high for you to catch something. You don't have to be fearful that you're going to catch something if you know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. How can you affect change if you're not in it? How can you affect change? I want them to come to me, Lord. That's not the way it works. God's sending you out. Act. Do it. Do what God's called you to do. Work the skill. Work the gift. Work the job. And God will give you a favor and you'll begin to understand things about the Spirit of God that you have not understood before because you're not so concerned about your life and you're not so timid about what happens if this happens to me. It doesn't matter. Some of y'all, haven't you realized already, God has saved you so many times. And he continues to hold you up. And he's going to continue to hold you up the more that you stand out. What's God asking me to do this year? Do it. Do it. I remember a long time ago. And she's not here tonight and whatever. She listens to the message. She can call me. But it was a certain family member that I had. Would not get a job just wouldn't, and would not get a license. And this family member was of the age where it was time to do that. And I can remember the comment that came out of this family member's mouth. You don't understand, I can't do it. And we laugh, but this was the mental struggle that had this person bound. And if you don't think it's real, it's real. And it wasn't until they were made to do it that they realized the benefit of doing it 
And God's saying, I love you enough that for some of y'all this year, I'm going to make you do it, even though you don't want to. And God said, this year, I'm going to ask you to do things that are going to help break you out of that cycle and break you out of inferiority because I can't watch you kill yourself anymore. Because what we're doing is this. We are settling for less than God's best because of fear and the way we see ourselves. And God's looking at us and saying, how would you feel if you looked at your kid and you know your kid has so much potential, but your kid is lazy, apathetic, and doesn't want to do any hard things in their life because it's hard and it doesn't feel good and they'd rather sit in their room and draw all day. How would you feel when you look at your kid, you would implore them to use the gifts that God has given them and to step out in faith and actually believe God that there's something more in their life than what they're experiencing now. Do you know God feels the same way about you? When he looks at you, you say, will you just use the gifts that I've called you to use and, and step out in faith and believe me for more and stop settling for this low-level lying of faith that a lot of the body settles for. God is so in love with you that he loves you enough to break you. to get you moving again. And some of y'all need that. Has nothing to do with God don't love me. I was thinking about this the other day and me and the Lord were having a dialogue and conversation about this. It has got nothing to do with the fact that God doesn't love me. It has everything to do with the fact that God does love you, that he pushes you to get past you so that you finally can be free. If that's what it's about, if freedom is what it's about, don't you think that God is going to do everything he can to get you past yourself to walk in freedom and get past your head? He's going to do everything he can. Eventually, something has to break. Eventually, something does. People end up in the hospital, Sharon, because they don't want to deal with life. And they find comfort in the hospital because they don't have to exercise any sort of willpower to get up and do things because things are being done for them every single day. And it's a detriment to them because what they should be doing is learning how to use their own will again, struggle again, and get back up and start moving out into society again. Don't be the type of person who, because you lost something, someone passed, or you're in grief, that you get so stuck that you don't get back up and realize there's actually joy in this life. There's hope in this life. There's peace in this life. That Jesus actually has a hope and future. What do you want? It's simple. It's liberty or death. And people choose the latter. Oh, it's frustrating. I'd rather just succumb to it. Rather than fight to be free, there's something about someone fighting for their freedom and for their life that's contagious. And as a believer, there should be something inside of you that is constantly pushing you and saying, fight. You don't think God's a pusher? God will push you. He'll only do so much. I'm just, I'm telling on myself tonight. I'm just trying to help you all tonight. Just telling on myself tonight. Just so I'm going to leave here free. Y'all can leave here bound if you want. That's fine with me. 
I got a little Greek after this. I'm about to eat. I'm hungry. So, so here, I, I can remember just just certain things. This is how God works. Okay, this is how God works. And you all know how this works. Sometimes you're in a place in your life, and it's not that necessarily things are not going the way you think they should go, but you're kind of in a place, and you start to get lulled, lulled into a little bit of a pattern. And this has happened to me occasionally where I felt like that pattern started to get detrimental to my walk. And you know when it begins to become detrimental because you start to think and slip in your thought process just a little bit. And when you begin to slip in your thought process a little bit, the enemy's sitting, the Bible says, just like crouching. He's crouching. He's ready to go. Because, number one, that's where the battle is. And so, but, well, it's in my body. It's not in your, your body. It's in your mind. You could be sick but free in your mind. And that's another story for another day. But God being faithful and just saying, I need you to get up and fight. Get up and fight. Because you're not in a good place right now mentally. And all it took was that push. Because... I'm grown enough in the Lord to know what it looks like not to be as strong as I should and being obedient enough to say, you're right, Lord, I do, because the enemy was coming. The Lord knew the enemy was coming because he was coming for stuff that I already had taken ground on. Looks intently into the word of God. You know what that word means? Stoop down, look sideways. That means you have to do something a little different. It's not just a normal read. Look intently into the perfect law that gives what? Freedom. And not just that, not the one time, but continues in it. Wait, why do I have to fight? Continue in it. Because when you continue in it, you'll be blessed in everything that you do. It had nothing to do with one time. One time God came through, and you got what you needed. No, not just one time. Continue. Because that's what we do sometimes. We get the breakthrough. We're like, I got it. He's the Lord of the breakthrough, and we're awesome. And we sit down after a long season, and we're like, ah, now what? Continue. That's why he gives you the breakthrough, so you can continue to... That's why it's there, so you continue to move, because if it wasn't there, you wouldn't move. That's why God says, I'm coming for you. I'm speaking to you. Get up, Malia. Worship. Why? Because you need it. Move. Move. Exercise what I've given you. Open your mouth. Get in the Word. Look at it a different way. Get a different perspective. Man, I feel so heavy. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That is a weapon that he has given you. That's why worship is under attack constantly. Your praise is under attack constantly, constantly. Liberty or death, you got to stay in it. Because if you don't stay in it, you'll miss out on the continued breakthrough. And we've talked about this idea over the last couple of weeks. Sustained breakthrough. Not one time. Because then you just become all about the experience and nothing sustains you. You have to have something that sustains you between 
this experience and this experience. There has to be something. If there's nothing in between, what type of foundation do you have? And this is where you get people church hopping because it's all about the experience. I want to feel good. And they don't realize that the Word of God never says you feeling good about everything and that going to church was going to make your problems go away and that you were supposed to feel good about what the pastor said. Because the Holy Spirit's always in there, moving stuff around. Check this, check that. No good there. That's, that's what the Word of God does. Holly, it's sharp, it's active, it's supposed to do things. So if I'm going to church for the social aspect of it and there's no change in my life, what's the point? Why am I doing this? For my health? No. For my freedom. That's why I'm doing it. You can't honestly look back over your life, and I want you to do just a quick inventory. I want you to just real quick. Lord, to give you wisdom on this, times in your life where God intervened specifically and said, change. And you knew that it was essential that you did it because you were coming up into a pattern that wasn't healthy and that you were at risk of losing progress. But the Lord intervened and said, change. That's the kind of God we serve. He's faithful. Because he's looking for people who will continue in it. Not just sing about it. But work through stuff. Work through stuff. I don't know where this came from. I don't know what happened in the body. I don't know what year this took place. Of where somehow this thought process of church attendance was good enough. And it became the same thing. Things were regurgitated. Same messages. And some of y'all have been around long enough to know that every decade there seems to be a different theme. Christianity. Remember in the 80s he was coming back? 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. Then when he didn't come back in 88, then he wrote another book, 89 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 89. I'm like, okay, guys, he's not coming back this year. What are we going to do next year? Okay. Big churches, I remember, I grew up in this. Big churches, four services on the weekend. Listen, I grew up in the church. I understand what church life is. I understand the blessing of it, but I also understand at times how unhealthy it was because it was about the experience and it was a lot about community and it was just a thing to do. We're going to church. It was like Little Red Riding Hood. We take all their kids, we go to church, had a great time. Everyone knew the Sarlos were here. It was church. And it wasn't until I grew up and I looked back and the Lord started to take me off the wall. Remember the pin? And said, that was not healthy. And began to do a work in my life and deconstructed my faith. Deconstructed it and then started to reconstruct it back. So that I have a better outlook about life now because now I know what it means to fight. And not just go to church and expect God just to do it for me. He had to deconstruct it, then reconstruct it. And now, here we are in 2024, still building upon the foundation, but now acting more on it and out and doing what God has called me to do because of all that construction that he's doing. Don't you think that God knows what he's doing and that the construction process does not stop? doesn't stop. 
80-something years old, still loving Jesus. A pillar. I'm not talking about this house, the house overall. You want to talk about faith, resilience, right there. Walking with Jesus through hardship and difficulty, financial lack, but seeing God come through and be faithful time after time after time after time until now married to a granddaughter who says God's been faithful. Why? Because I saw my nana and she stood in faith and God came through time after time after time after time again. Now at the same time telling her kids, listen, God's good. Why? Because he came through for nani and he came through for nana and he was faithful time after time after time after time. And it's generationally saying, why? We just acted on God's word. We did what he's called us to do. We said yes, and he came through. We weren't perfect, but we did it. And he would provide it every single time. And do you know to this day that we still get calls from people because of the legacy that we have built? Just because of the fact we said yes to Jesus, we just said yes, and he came through time after time. Was it easy? No, because if it was, I'd be lying to you. But God was faithful, and this is what the walk is about. When I act this year, God's going to perfect faith, and he's not just doing it for this year. He's doing it for generations to come so that when they look back, your kids say, Mom, how do we do it? God was faithful because I said yes. I just kept doing it, and I'm blessed today. Why? Because I continued in it. You're blessed because I continued in it. I didn't stop short. Continue. God wants to show some of y'all the blessing of perseverance this year and what it looks like. On the other side of that thing you're wrestling with, God said there is blessing. There is blessing, but you got to wrestle through it. There's coming blessing into your life. And when you get it and you see it, you'll know what it took for you to get it. You'll be blessed in everything that you do. How? Because after I look intently into the word, continue in it, and not forget, not forget, you'll be blessed. Lord, houses this year, blessing. As they continue in doing what you've called them to do, you're going to bless them immeasurably more above anything they could imagine just because they said yes to you and they continued in it, continued in it. God, we thank you for supernatural favor that's going to come over houses. Lord, break open generational blessings that people will see the things that you promised their ancestors that they never got, but they'll see it. Lord, I call forth blessings from generations, the third and fourth generations even back right now in Jesus' name. Lord, financial blessings. I come against the spirit of poverty and lack in Jesus' name. That people will have more than enough to do what you call them to do. That their children will rise up and call them blessed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, God, that the fight's over the future. It's over the future. And I thank you, God, that our future is full of hope. It is full of hope. And that anything the enemy has tried to do will not stop your plan. And we stand in faith tonight saying, you have to go, devil, and that you will not 
stop the plan and purpose of God for going forth in our household, that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, that we will walk in blessing, that our children will rise up and call us blessed, that we will walk in fruitfulness and that fruit will remain in our life, that we will see a great outpouring of your spirit in the latter days and that we will come into the fullness of what you promised us. You're not a God who does things halfway. Lord, I thank you for all the way, all the way blessing. Thank you, God, even now as I sense it, you're doing it all the way. And that those things that the enemy has lied to us about, they are just lies. Thank you, God, that we're coming closer, and he knows we're coming closer. Thank you, God, for breakthrough in houses this month. Restore marriages, God, this year. Love's coming back to marriages this year. Intimacy is coming back to marriages this year. Blessings coming back to families this year. That the things that the enemy has spoken to us about our past will no longer have an occasion to hold us. Thank you, God, that we're too free to be held this year, that we're going to know what it means to walk in freedom and stay free this year, that shame will not be in our vocabulary this year, that fear will not be in our vocabulary this year. I come against that spirit of fear in Jesus' name. And right now, in Jesus' name, every generational spirit of fear, generational spirit of fear that we got from our parents, I come against that in Jesus' name. Our grandparents, I come against that in Jesus' name. Lord, I break the lines in Jesus' name. Wherever it started, wherever it got in, God, go way back, way back and break it. Thank you that in us there's going to be a new line, that we will walk in freedom and joy, that we will know what it is to possess land and not to succumb to it and die out before we get it. Thank you, God, that we're going to have that spirit that says, yes, we can because we know whose we are, that we will walk in and do the things that you called us to do because we know that the one who's inside of us is greater than the one who's in the world and that the enemy will not have an occasion to wreak havoc on this generation anymore, that we take back this generation for you and we thank you, God, that there will be an outpouring. There will be a standard of righteousness that will be raised up and, God, that we will walk in power. We will walk in love. We will walk in self-discipline all because we said yes and acted on what your word said in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.